everyone, and welcome to another very exciting Civilizations in Review. Uh, we are here with Alex Doyle, a current Alhusaic Fellow um, and the writer of the Bavond Dynasty article. Very excited to hear all about it very soon. And of course, we have uh, Ana Campusano, a longtime content writer and co-moderator extraordinaire. Very excited to uh, chat about this very large slice of history, one of the longest empires we have on our site. But again, welcome. You're with us live here on Facebook. We will also be cross-posting this to our Instagram, our Spotify, our YouTube, and our website. So a lot of great ways to engage with this specific content. However, all of the stuff you will hear today is coming off of the article itself. There will be things we will not get in touch with today on this call from the article, as well as so many hyperlinks already in the article itself. So I'd highly recommend to uh, read along with us, learn more, play with the hyperlinks, and engage with this fabulous article that Alex created. If you go to alfusaic.net and go to the Civilizations 101 section and scroll down not too far to the Bavand dynasty, you will uh, hear all of this great details that we're going to chat about today. So with that said, welcome everyone. I'm very excited to jump in and I will throw it to Anna to read the 101 word introduction. Thanks, Ben. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Al-Husayak. Uh, the Bavand dynasty ruled in the northern territories of Tabaristan and Mazandaran between the Sasanian Empire and Safavid Empire in what is now Iran from 1661 to 1349 CE. Wow, the second largest, uh, longest dynasty of Iran. Legend states that the dynasty was founded by Vav as he rebuked attempts to bring Islam to the Zoroastrian region. After relations with Persia had normalized, the dynasty was ultimately converted to Islam in 842. The dynasty had three separate lines holding power both independently and as vassals to stronger regional powers. The dynasty ended with the assassination of Hassan II by his brother-in-law, Afrasiyab's son. Wow, I think something that strikes all of us uh, immediately is the length um, of the dynasty, how long they ruled and, and how they may have built such a strong uh, empire um, and sort of like a continuous uh, or dynasty um, in comparison to like the Sasanian and the Safavid, which was at the time. So can you, I would say maybe tell us a little bit about the inception and how it started. Yeah, so um, it was really interesting about the Van dynasty is that its inception is shrouded in a lot of legend. Um, so they say that Bob, who's supposedly the great grandson of the Sansian king, Kavid Marquat, was the founder of the dynasty as he expelled Arab intruders from the region. Um, he then established the dynasty in the like district of Baristan, which kind of served as the center of the dynasty throughout its length. Um, as they continued to rebuke attempts to Islamicize the region, uh, power was concentrated in a series of forts in the mountainous region all throughout their reign, um, as the lowland continued to be kind of a space where there was conflict and it kind of doubled over to a bunch of different rulers. So yeah, it was super interesting the way that like the history really starts at their first ruler um, that's kind of continuous throughout it. There's not a lot of really research that's been done into the, the culture of the thing or of the dynasty. Um, it really just said that they continued Sansian customs, um, but the rulers were very well documented, which I thought was very interesting. That is fascinating. Um, but there, I, I love a little bit of mystery. <laughs> uh, yeah. Demystifying some of it. There are some hyperlinks here so people can uh, go down that uh, rabbit hole in some ways. 
Um, I'm always curious, and I, I do like to start most live streams with this question of, of what drew you to the Bavon dynasty of all of the uh, options on our site still, uh, of the few that are left, but still some, some options. Uh, why did you choose this one? Yeah, I feel like a lot of my academic research classes that I've been taking focus on more of the Mediterranean countries or like the history of those regions. So I really wanted to get into more of the Persian regions and do some research onto like the, the cultures are different um, and then also just the history of different dynasties. So I thought it would be a really good place to start and it was super, super cool to learn too. Yeah, actually, you know, I this is my first time hearing about the Vivant, um, and it's it's incredible how much they were able to sort of influence the rest of the civilizations. Um, and earlier I said, you know, the second largest, and then I switched to longest because this is like the wording, but actually it was pretty large. I mean, considering that, you know, Iran stretches out so long in the Middle East. So not only was it, you know, a strength in like, you know, time, but also I imagine in numbers and, and, and ruling system. So what was that like that, you know, you found? Yeah, um, so there are three different lines of the Bond dynasty. It kind of, the reason it was so long in length is that it would kind of lose, they would lose power a little bit. And then a uh, person down the line would say, oh, like um, the like second coming of the dynasty that would go to them. Um, and each line had a different um, capital somewhere within the region. Um, and they also were, they had really varying relations with like neighboring dynasties. Um, some were, well, they might have been very friendly. They also kind of like had an edge to them. Um, they served as vassals of several different states throughout their time, um, but also like continued to like keep an eye on other ones. So they would continue. They would be called rivals, but also they were like had normalized relations with them to where they were able to coexist. So interesting. Um, I mean, Anna, you are a fabulous uh, interviewer, regardless. But this empire was a vassal to the Seljuks. And for all those listening in, Anna wrote the Seljuk Empire 101 on our site. So there's some nice overlap here between Alex and Anna, between the two empires they wrote. Um, so if you click on the ruling system section specifically, you'll see that one of these lines that you just mentioned, Alex, um, uh, were vassals of the Seljuks. Um, the vassal system is so common in all of these ancient empires of kind of like a... Um, a liaison in some way, like uh, an extension of the larger empire in smaller other regions. Um, so that's exactly what the Bavan, the uh, Isbahbadiya line of the Bavan empire did. Um, not necessarily any, any question, but just a cool little piece of info. And uh, I guess, Anna, if you knew about the Bavans in your research or other vassals that the Seljuks had, um, if you want to mention anything <laughs> since it is connected here. I can't necessarily say that I knew about the Vivand or like the ruling system. I, you know, then later on when I was reading, I said like, oh, you know, like founded by Vav, that's something that I, I feel like I had heard of before. But you're right. I think it kind of serves as like a like a line of that many civilizations also followed, especially in a lot of the ruling system and the way that they like sort of related to each other. And I think that it, you know, it, in, in essence, it's incredible because like, it sort of moves, like it starts moving because the Seljuks were obviously in Turkey. So it starts moving in the rest of the Middle East. And, and you know, the customs are the same, the ideas look the same. And one of the things that made the, the Seljuks very strong was, was sort of this one having been founded by someone like, you know, like a, a strong leader, but also uh, the exchange that you were just talking about in like, 
uh, different leaders all the time. And it's like, it's you now, and then the next person, it, it's what really makes the dynasty long because when you have one person ruling, usually what happens when that person dies or something, you know, then it crumbles. And we have seen this in so many civilizations in review that as soon as the, the, the leader sort of leaves the empire, then the, the, this is where it ends. This is the decline. So great question. So, I mean, how did, how did, who were their allies? What were their rivals? And then how was it? So that sort of uh, decline or maybe not decline, but you know, that they sort of lost this uh, strength. Yeah, so like I was saying earlier, they really found themselves to be rivals with a lot of the neighboring houses, um, but also they had a lot of strength in the fact that they were kind of geographically isolated in the mountainous region there. Um, while there was a lot of conflict in the lowlands, other like houses found it kind of difficult to really take over those mountains. Um, also, they had a lot of marriage alliances with neighboring houses, which also served to normalize relations. Kind of hard to go to war with like your daughter's or husband or something like that. Um, but a lot of the conflicts also were a result of internal relations. Um, when Bavan did rule, did finally end, it was a result of the murder of the king at the time, Hassan II. Um, and it's also worth noting that the rule did lapse in 1210 um, between two of the lines, um, between the Khwarezmian line and the, um, oh goodness, what was it? The third one, um, it starts with the K, it's, Flipping my mind right now. Um, but yeah, the second coming and then the third coming of those different lines is really just what made it so long. It's almost like different phases of the Bavan yeah. rather than the Bavan Empire. That's that's interesting. I like that. That that is seemingly unique. I mean, I don't have all of these 80, no, 93 empires memorized. Um, and some are yet to be written, written about. So please, if you're listening and want to join our team come on now uh, but uh a i mean we have empires that have lasted a long time but it's more like they have a large landmass and so different like city states or whatnot are part of this empire and have their own system going but bavon is in a relatively small landmass more or less just you know the northern middle part of iran um but has these like different lineages that all claim owner that's in, that's so fascinating that's that's a different way of uh, engaging with the length of this empire um, by really focusing on these two provinces uh, in, in north, middle, north central Iran. So fascinating. Um, I, I'm curious sort of in that same vein um, of their honor influence. I, I think this is a really interesting section for a lot of um, Al-Fusaic civilizations to just sort of see how these empires thousands of years ago still have an impact um, in some way today. Um, so yeah, curious if, uh, you know, if you want to say, say anything that you wrote from that section or just things you learned and know about Bavan's uh, modern influence. Yeah, um, so what I was saying earlier, there really hasn't been a lot of research done into kind of the, the customs and culture. All that's really been written about it was about their um, kings and their different ruling systems. So I tried my best to try to dive more deep into it, but they really just said that um, there was kind of a continuation of Sansing customs, which then bled into the foundation of the Safavid Sav, Sav, Empire. Goodness, sorry there. Um, but I thought it was really cool how kind of their geographic isolation served to um, keep those customs insulated from outside forces. At their beginning or their inception, um, they really protected the um, practice of the Zoroastrian religion. 
Um, this was something that they were founded on, but then they converted to Islam in the 1830s, which I thought also is a note on how they continued to kind of just adapt to the culture of the time um, is one of the reasons that, reasons that they kind of continued so long. Um, but yeah, also the practice of Zoroastrianism continues today, um, largely in like nearby India, but I also found that the culture of Zoroastrianism is alive and well in the region. So I thought that was super interesting to see how their protection of the religion has continued on to this day. I think, yeah, I think that was uh, fascinating to, to think about. Um, you put it in great words about that, you know, the way that they continue to adapt. I think that it was kind of like hard maybe to make that shift, um, especially because, you know, Zoroastrianism, sorry, Astrian, uh, religion in this time was prominent and then it sort of like has decreased into a very small sort of sect in Persia so it's it's something that you know it tells you that the empire was a lot or you know was a lot more important for them than really sort of like trying to convey a particular message to the people um, but it was more about you know holding the ground and and being strong and and really at the end of the day supporting uh kind of like, you know, the people that were under the dynasty. And what makes this, you know, very, very relevant also to the other um, civilizations in this time is the same thing. I think that there was a lot of protection uh, independent from where they were, like we say, like they were in minus areas and all those things, but, you know, they uh, sort of incorporated, you know, uh, a trade system, whatever made them strong, um, and protected their people um, in that sense. Um, what, what would you say were some of the key accomplishments? I mean, besides the length of time, but something that strikes out to you or that you find cool? Yeah, um, like I said just a minute ago, I feel like their preservation of Sansian culture and then like handing it off into the birth of modern Persia and modern Iran um, is really, just the key accomplishment of the Vivan dynasty, their length just allowed them to really kind of be a torchbearer in a sense, um, which I thought was really interesting. And I, the way that they kind of adopted the times, as you said earlier, um, from Zoroastrianism to Islam um, and being able to really just be leaders of their people, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I like I like that. I like empires like this. I think that, you know, if we had more about like care for the for the people and the area, you know, it would it'd make it, you know, a lot more uh, time time worthy. Yeah, I, I do like empires like this, too. It's an interesting <laughs> way to say that. But we've had so many of these conversations with so many different empires to hear sort of the uh, common themes, interesting pieces. Um, I mean, undoubtedly, there were, you know, skirmishes and, and war throughout Bavan's timeline as long as it was, but clearly that's not the forefront of this empire because that's, we haven't really talked about it much. Uh, I mean, it obviously ended with an assassination, but <laughs> a lot of these empires, I could, you could categorize into two major buckets of militaristic, expansionist bucket, and like peace building trade economics bucket. Very clearly, Bavan is in the second one. Um, largely it's obviously a generalization but just from the conversation what you've written the hyperlinks you have here um continuing the community the culture the iranian space persian like essence that was the cornerstone of the Bavan ruling system this is my guess but from this conversation yes no you're very that's, right that seems to be the emphasis here some other empires it's let's get more land let's conquer more slaves let's you know sell trade do more 
we are number one for this part of the region. We want to, you know, that is the emphasis, which good, bad, whatever. All these empires have ended, so doesn't matter. But <laughs> it's just interesting to see that the Bavan is like, no, no, no. This is the culture we're holding on to. Even though they converted, clearly Zoroastrianism still exists in this part of the world today. So probably there was a, you know, religious coexistence. Again, I'm guessing, but assuming that there is yeah. this overlap between these two different faith practices. So I don't know, this, this, the reason we, I like this empire, <laughs> to echo honest sentiments, is that the emphasis is much more people building um, yeah. rather than empire building. And I, I think that's a cool distinction that uh, Bavon gets a gold star for me, at least. I think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, Actually, I, I think it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 you please. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's interesting how much their land did fluctuate. Of course, yeah. since they were, did have those varying relationships with other houses nearby, they did reach a larger land extent in their third um, third line of their dynasty, but it really didn't change much. It was really focused on that same two regions in um, Northern Persia, which I thought was really cool. It probably yeah. was access to those water routes too. I mean, Tabaris, yeah. Mazandaran, I hope I pronounced both of those correctly, um, are right on the Caspian Sea. Um, so yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm surprised there really wasn't, not to dive ahead into the economics, but there really wasn't much into like what they traded a lot of. Um, it really just said that they um, had like a system of tributes and taxes. They used the dinar as their currency and their city of Amol was kind of their like where their economic center was, but in terms of like the items they traded, who they traded with, there really wasn't many records, which I thought was very odd for a dynasty that was not focused on such militaristic things. Yeah, I, this this was a theme for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, considering that they did serve as a vessel for the Seljuks, it, the tax system and the, the, this sort of economics is, was something that they had. I was just gonna say earlier uh, when Ben said, like you don't, you didn't know whether there was this kinship or not in between cities. What I noticed is like considering that they had like sort of governors for each and different of the capitals. I think there was. Uh, that that's my guess. Um, but anyway, aside from that, um, great photo. Uh, what is it? <laughs> the main photo. Um, Ron, it's it's the some, main photo. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. It's gold. Oh, I was gonna direct it towards you. <laughs> oh well, give me a second then to uh, remember exactly where it came from. <laughs> um, I do really enjoy creating or finding these photos. I think. The visual component of what these empires we still have existing of, whether that be, you know, written script or, you know, physical architecture or in your specific case, um, the Bavan Empire comes from like a, a, a dish, like, like a serving dish, I guess would be the best word, that was made in Tarbistan, the, one of the two, you know, promised provinces today. Um, so, you know, they were clearly silver workers and metal workers and, and uh, I'm assuming they ate off of this or maybe it was a centerpiece either way like there's I don't know I, just, I thought it was a beautiful piece um, like literally but also showcases different components of the the you know ancient region you know Tar Tabaristan is a, like more or less the ancient region that the modern um, uh, Mazandaran exists now I mean they're a little bit different geographically but more or less that is that the part of Iran that touches the Caspian Sea, that north central part, modern wise. So I don't know, I just was looking for Bavand images and whatnot. And this 
silver dish uh, popped up. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. What's also more fascinating too, just to get some geography, which you I, this is leading to a question, is the language of this region of Tabaristan is called Mazandarandi. And obviously Mazandaran is the province. So there's, a, to me, it seems like this was like the previous name of Mazandaran is Tarbistan, given that there is this overlap. But I'm curious, since this is where Bavand, you know, existed for 800 years um, of like the language. It's okay if you didn't research it. I'm just curious since that has popped up, given that. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember seeing anything. Um, I know I did in one of my resources, it referenced Tabaristan and Mazandaran, um, like, together so I assume that they did coexist at one point yeah. um but yeah I think you're right that the geography has shifted slightly yeah it's it's just interesting uh do, do you know much about the the language of, of the time of I said no I haven't I didn't come across anything no problem I mean I, I'm assuming it was Mazandarandi a, a Persian connection I, I don't know yeah. but that's something that our audience can look into yeah if you are interested <laughs> in this specific uh, piece that's a cool con connection um i was gonna say i'm probably gonna like look it up now and want to know okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, currently googling, I'm currently googling it to have some info but yeah <laughs> and you know i mean i think as you said earlier maybe that like there wasn't all that information given about it and especially given like the length uh, of the time it, it kind yeah. of probably wants to highlight like the ruling experience and that sort of thing so but I'm, I'm going to try, <laughs> Ben, um, if you find something. So the answer is yes. Uh, we, we all made really good guesses. Tarbury or Mazandarandi, which is mm -hmm. from Mazandaran or Tarbistan, right, is the language of the Bavon Empire um, and is a Persian-related language um, specifically for the, the Caspian region of ancient Persia, modern mm -hmm. Iran. So yes, this just kind of reaffirming cool. th this was their area. <laughs> they, they were the... Uh, Caspian Sea dwellers, um, probably why they lasted so long because they had some, they had, they were directly on the water, and so water routes or fisheries or anything to do with the water, they had a lock on that part of the region. Yeah, I mean, clearly why they lasted so long, they they did something right. <laughs> yeah, I also read something how they continued Sasian or Sansian practices of like agriculture and livestock raising. Yeah. So I'm sure that also let them kind of keep themselves as their like geographic position was a little bit more isolated. That way they didn't have to have those or such a reliance on trade ties. Yeah. There you go. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, you know, it makes me want to look more into like, you know, this empire. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, to anyone watching, definitely read this article. I mean, it's incredible. And it's, it's there's a lot to learn here. And I think it also really connects a lot with the rest of civilizations and uh, even by clicking on the links, which I was doing. <laughs> uh, any any last words, any like anything that like strikes out to you and that you wanna just like, say? Awesome. I think I shared everything I have. <laughs> it, no, it, I mean, it, it was a great uh, uh, article and a great way to kind of like dive into something that, you know, maybe a lot of us didn't know, but it's really interesting fascinating yeah it's a really great opportunity to look into it yeah thank you Alex and for all of you interested in Iranian Persian empire history Bhuban is a really uh big one because it lasted for such a large portion of the empire or of now modern Iran throughout the Persian empires the portion that touched the Caspian Sea Bhuban had on lock so um <laughs> you know a really cool sort of touch point throughout Persian history Alex, thank you so much for, for writing all of this uh, information down and cultivating this fabulous article. 
um, really important uh, piece of the puzzle for Iranian, Persian, uh, Tarbaristani, Mazadaramdi history. So um, thank you. Of course. And thank you, Ben and Anna, for having me. This has been such a wonderful opportunity to share my work. Definitely. So thank you, Alex. Yeah, thank you again. So we will wrap up here. What a uh, fabulously insightful uh, conversation. Again, Alex, fabulous work. Thank you for this article. I'm looking forward to many more. Anna, 10 out of 10 as always with your uh, background, but the subject connection is really cool here. And I, <laughs> yes. I love that. I do my best to have the co-interviewer be connected to the empire in some way. So it worked out perfectly today. And to our listener, thank you. We have under 10, article, uh, 10 articles for our ancient empires left. Um, a couple more live streams scheduled, but only 10 specific articles left till we finish our full civilizations section. So please join us to uh, make that number zero and end our incredible civilizations in review section for uh, learning about the pre-modern era of the region. Thanks all for tuning in. You can see everything at our website, alfusaic.net. That's A-L-F-U-S-A-I-C dot N-E-T. Have a good night. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you.